0: Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. This is episode 22 of the Liberty Cafe, and I'm very pleased to have you with me today. And I'm also very pleased to have Texas Scorecard and Scorecard Media as a sponsor of the Liberty Cafe. Charlie Hurt. Is one of my favorite columnists. He often appears on Fox News and writes for the Washington Times. And I read an article from him, a column from him this week, that I thought would be a good place to start for this week's Liberty Cafe. And I'm just going to read a little bit from it for you. Current polls show Joseph R. Biden anywhere from 10 to 20 points ahead of President Trump. A double-digit blowout. The whole election will come down to Trump's handling of the global pandemic, which extensive polling shows is where Mr. Trump is most vulnerable. In 2016, Mr. Trump barely won the election, and only because so many voters assumed he had no chance of winning and stayed home. Also, Russia! This year, Americans are exhausted. They may not particularly like Mr. Biden, but they desperately want a break from the current occupant of the White House. In short, we are three weeks away from an election that the president has ho- no hope of winning. Every indicator suggests Mr. Trump will lose in a landslide. So I have a very simple question, writes Mr. Hurt. If all this is true, and the Democrats have the election so deep in the bag, why are they so terrified? Why? Why? If this is such a done deal, are Democrats so desperate right now? Well, I hope I didn't throw you into a panic by reading the beginning of Mr. Hurt's column, because he basically laid out the Democratic, mainstream media message about this election. But then he asked a very good question. If Trump is looking so bad, why... Are the Democrats Running Scared? Well, I'm going to get to why that is the case down on the micro level. We're going to look at the fake polls versus the real polls and those kind of things in just a little bit. But I'd really like to start out by looking at the main factor underlying the behavior of the Democrats today and liberals all across the country, and that's hate. It's obvious that the liberals hate Trump. And they try and pretend, or make it sound like, that it's because Trump is a really bad person. And they work really hard at trying to convince all the rest of us, including Christians, that Trump is a really bad person, and so that we should hate him too, because who would want a bad person like that in office? But let's look a little more closely at the hate going on out there. I was talking to some friends the other night, and some of them had the opinion that Donald Trump had no hope in this election because they're reading the polls that the Democrats have put out. They're reading the propaganda that the liberals and Democrats are putting out, and and they just couldn't see a path forward for Trump, whether they liked him or not. But then we got into another conversation about the Houston Astros, and they started bringing up all these accusations of cheating about the Houston Astros last year. Right. So everybody understands that the Astros got a trash can lid and were banging on it in 2017, and they cheated. Now, of course, everybody else just about was cheating in baseball at the same time, but nonetheless, that doesn't excuse the Astros. But there is this hate out there that is just inescapable, and it's palpable anywhere you go. It's out there. Of course, it was out there during the off-season and at the beginning of the season, and then everything died off because of the COVID scare. And so the Astros kind of disappeared. But in their recent playoff success, they have popped back up, and everybody is coming out. All the haters are coming back out again. And so they're pushing all these these theories that they were pushing during the during the off-season as well, that they were wearing microphones and buzzers and all these kinds of things to give them... Uh, an advantage in batting as recently as last year. But they're they're making all this stuff up. And why are they doing that? Because they hate the Houston Astros. But the thing is, they don't hate the Houston Astros because they cheated. The New York Yankees cheated during the same season that the Astros did. The Boston Red Sox cheated, sign-stealing, in the season that they won the World Series. So why the Astros? Well, for one reason, the Astros got caught red-handed because somebody on their team spilled the beans, not on their team, somebody who was on the team then, and then was gone. Mike Fires spilled the beans and they had them red-handed. That's part of it, but the real part of it is because a lot of these people hated the Astros before the cheating scandal. Now, why did they hate them? Well, for the simple reason that the Astros weren't buying into the liberal agenda of paying players everything that the players want. They, they were trying to actually make money by cutting payroll. They were trying to make money by making wise decisions. Uh, at one time, they gave a minor league player a really big contract for a minor league player, but it's not nearly as big a contract as he would have had if he'd gone into the major leagues and been as good as everybody thought he was going to be. Well, this was John Singleton and John Singleton never amounted much at all when it came to a major league hitter. As good as he looked in the minors, he just never made it. But they hated John Singleton for doing that. And they hated the Astros for doing that because it messed up the labor union deal. They, they, they think the owners are greedy and they're trying to take all this money and anything that might possibly save the owner's money at the expense of the players they hate. The Astros fired a bunch of scouts because they were doing more in their analytical department. They needed fewer of those analysts than they did scouts. They were hated for that. So there's this liberalism out there that hates the way the world ought to be working. It hates the way the world was designed by God. And When anybody tries to make the world work the way God designed it, free markets, marriage between a man and woman, worshiping God, being pro-life and not pro-abortion, they hate it. And they'll spin any narrative they can to upset God's design. That's why the Houston Astros and President Donald Trump have something in common. They're both being subjected to hate by liberals who don't love God. They're also, unfortunately, being subjected to hate by some people who seem to be Christians and love God, but they're buying into this whole hate Donald Trump, never Trump kind of mindset as well. It's getting really bad out there on both sides, but of course it's all starting from the unbelieving liberal left who wants to put an abortionist in the presidency and somebody who will support gay marriage and LGBTQ plus agenda and somebody who will take profits away from businesses and give it to people, somebody who will take money away from people and give it to blacks in the form of reparations, that kind of thing. Somebody who will get in the office of the President of the United States and shut down the economy and shut down our liberties. That's what they're trying to do. So if we get back to Charlie Hertz column where he asks why are they so terrified? Why are they so desperate? Because fear is the natural response to hate. People who hate God fear Him because they know that His wrath is coming upon them. They may not believe in Him at one level but they know He exists. They can't help but know that by looking at the world around them and no matter how hard they try, they can't actually get their minds to believe that something could come from nothing. And the only way that something could be here is if there's a God who put it all here. And they know that they are in rebellion against this God. And that sooner or later, that rebellion is going to catch up with them in the form of God's wrath. So fear is a natural result of hate. And of course, that's what happens when it comes to President Trump as well. Now, we got to be careful how we put those two together, right? Trump's far from perfect and has a lot of problems, but he's still trying to do the right thing, and so they hate him as well because he's trying to do the right thing, and that means they also fear him. Of course, one thing people do when they fear someone is they lie about him. That's something we've seen, of course, with unbelievers about God. They start making up things about him or what he's done. For instance, we've seen scientists talking about the age of the earth go from thousands of years to millions of years to hundreds of millions of years and billions of years. It keeps getting older and older and older as they continue to make up more complicated lives. They need more time. And when it comes to Trump, we've also seen that as well. Right? Everybody's very familiar with the the, the made-up Impeachment phone call. Uh, The phone call was not made up, but the things they accused President Trump of doing were made up. In fact, they were just the opposite of what he had done. Basically, what Joe Biden had done with the Ukraine is actually what they accused Trump of doing, even though he hadn't done it. And then, of course, we all know about Russia and all the made up lies there. And We already knew this, but just this past week, more evidence came out that all of this came out of the Hillary Clinton campaign for president and then went into the bowels of the CIA and the FBI and the NSA, wherever you were looking for Russia conspiracy, you could find it within deep within the Obama administration and the Hillary Clinton campaign not in the Trump campaign. Uh, But Charles Hurd also points out that this desperation shows up in fear, and he, he points to the most recent video from Michelle Obama, and then the message from President Barack Obama when he spoke during the Democrat convention. And as he writes, "...the fear etched in their faces was palpable. All hope and change were drained away." No sunny platitudes about one America in red, white, and blue from their iconic 2008 campaign. It was all rage and fear. America is racist. Voters are racist. Democrats are racist. You are racist. And then he asked one more time, If Mr. Biden has this thing in the bag and Democrats are on the cusp of sweeping this election, why are the two most popular standard-bearers in the party so angry and so afraid? Well, it's because those people actually know the true state of the election. They don't believe the polls that are out there. You look around and you see the polls, and they've all, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, have Trump way behind. The uh, real clear politics national average has President Biden with more than a nine-point lead against President Trump. The Reuters poll has him up. 12 points. The Fox News poll has him up 10 points. By the way, Rasmussen Reports has has Biden up 12 points. CNN up 16 points. That should be no surprise. NBC News, Wall Street Journal has him up 14 points. It goes on and on and on and on and on. But then, let's go back a little ways, four years to be precise, to October 2016. And we see the exact same thing. An article by Michael Patrick Leahy points back that in October 2016, there were at least 13 polls that showed that Hillary Clinton had a big lead over Donald Trump in the month preceding the November 2016 election. Just a few, NBC, Wall Street Journal poll, there it is again, had Hillary up 14 points in a one-on-one contest. The Brookings poll had Clinton up 15 points. An AP poll released October 26, barely a week in front of the election, had Trump down by 14 points. There just wasn't any hope for him. It was all over. But of course we know what happened and actually it was kind of fun because we got to see it happen live on TV. As one face after another of all the liberal pundits just fell and fell and fell. And it didn't take very long because it turned around real quickly. Was it within about a 15 or 20-minute time span? The the New York Times odds went from almost assuredly Hillary Clinton to getting close to be almost assuredly Donald Trump. it It was a radical turn of events. And so there are a lot of polls out there today and some by the same people who had much better accuracy back in 2016 that are showing that Trump's doing actually pretty well. And I've got an article here from Wayne Allen Root who talks a little bit about that. And he he first talks about how he had it right back in 2016 as he was looking at the polls. And now he, he points us to some here today. So, for instance... The Democracy Institute Sunday Express poll from, from just this past week shows Trump beating Biden 46 to 45 percent and winning almost all the battleground states by a healthy margin. This poll, he says, unlike other polls, didn't oversample Democrats by a mile, polled only likely voters. And as he points out, it's really likely voters in battleground states today that really are all that matter. He also pointed to a Poll Watch poll that was released last week that showed Trump winning nationally, both in the battleground states and in the Electoral College. And it also showed that Trump dominates on two issues that matter the most to Americans, the economy and law and order. And even if you look at the real clear politics battleground average... Trump is slightly ahead of where he was at this time in 2016, on his way over to a victory over Hillary Clinton. And then finally, he points to a new Gallup poll, which reports that 56% of Americans say they are better off now, today, under Trump, than they were four years ago under then-President Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden. That is a very telling thing, because people may or may not share accurately who they're going to vote for, but they will tell you how they're doing in a lot of these polling questions. And if 56% of Americans are telling you that they're better off today than they were back then, that's a huge boost for President Trump. Another poll, the Zogby poll, has a 51% approval rating for President Trump. So there's a lot going on out there that is showing up in Trump's favor, but you just don't hear it. Why? Well, because the folks on the left don't want you to hear it because they want you to stay home on election day. They want you to give up hope. They want you to lose your enthusiasm. They want you to not go out there and vote for Donald Trump for president or for your U.S. senator or for your U.S. representative because they want to take over all branches of government. One more story is from Matt Vespa with Town Hall, and he pulls out some uh, information uh, sent out by Poll Watch, and one of the things that Poll Watch focuses in on is the shy Trump voter. We've all heard of that phenomenon before. People who actually voted for Trump in two thousand sixteen but wouldn't tell the pollsters they're gonna do it. And the thought was, and, and this was probably fairly accurate back in two thousand sixteen, that these were a lot of rural voters, you know, kind of hiding under a haystack kind of people, and they got out there and voted for Trump in mass, and that's why he's won. And and, and that's actually has a lot validity to it but poll watch is saying uh, actually poll watch reports on a conversation with patrick basham of the democracy institute who did the poll earlier that i was talking about and he thinks that the shy trump voter this time is much more likely to be an african-american woman in an urban setting or a suburban white woman if those things are true joe biden is toast We've already seen the, the black vote polling, the polling on black votes trending upward for Trump. He's likely to have perhaps the highest percentage of the black vote any Republicans had, maybe since Reconstruction. Abraham Lincoln, I don't know, but it's going to be much higher than anybody has had recently. We see a lot of that in the Hispanic vote as well. That It turns out that Hispanics are concerned about problems with immigration, and they're concerned about problems with the economy as well. And they're concerned with problems about crime just like everybody else is, well, except liberals. And so he's trending upward there as well. And Basham also thinks that there's going to be a lot less younger voters coming out this time, and that's going to hurt Biden as well. Then he also points to a couple other things, particularly the war and peace issue, that Minnesota and New Hampshire are really big on Trump's refusal to go to war, his efforts to get the troops out of Afghanistan and out of Iraq. And then that's going to have a big influence on the vote in both of those states. And then finally, he's confident that Trump is going to win Florida. He said he can't take Florida for granted, but Florida at the moment is bordering on being comfortable for Trump. And it is getting beyond Biden's grasp pretty quickly. If Biden loses Florida, his chances of winning go from somewhere in the neighborhood of 75-80% to 35% or so. It's a, it's a huge issue, and a, it's a huge swing for Trump if that happens. And it looks like, according to this, that it's likely to go that way. So I, I put all this out there because the left, liberals, unbelievers, hate God. And whenever anything looks like God is at work, they go after it, they attack it. And that's true even if God is using a very imperfect man like Donald J. Trump to do his will and to make the world look more like God has designed it to. Now, why God puts us through all this is one of those questions that's very difficult to answer. But we know that it's for our good, and it's for His glory. And that He uses times like these to teach us about our sinfulness and our idol worshiping that pulls us away from Him, and because of which we rightly deserve His wrath. And so He uses these times to drive us to His Son Jesus Christ, in confession of our sins, in repentance of our sins, and calling on him as our Lord and Savior. But that doesn't mean that sin and suffering is a good thing. It's not. And God is working that out. And so we could just pray that he would have mercy on us and not put us through more suffering from the sins of unbelievers in office by having us elect Joe Biden as president. I hope that doesn't happen. And we can all pray that it won't. Thank you for joining me today on the Liberty Cafe. And thanks again to Scorecard Media and Texas Scorecard for being our sponsor.